Here's something that I noticed this weekend that is a what I would consider to be a distinctly male thing. We like to throw the word little in front of everything. You we'll think have it's a little dis- beer? Oh, have a little of that? Have a little bit of that? Have a little beer? Yeah. Should the boys have a little, yeah. little surfing turf? That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little cocker spaniel? <laughs> a little cocker spaniel? A little Negronski? <laughs> now you know why maybe rappers name themselves Lil. You know, I they guess. just want to be little rappers. I Rapp- guess. Rap their little rappy raps. Lil that? Lil. Welcome back to Oops the Podcast. All right, lots to unpack here. I got something for you. Please. Julio, Julio, I don't know where you came up with that idea. Dude, this guy was a huge turkey. What is this, Japan? Which is yeah. one of the reasons why I hadn't told you about it. No, and I also just assumed you were saving it for the pod if you were going to tell me. Yeah, yeah. Which, of course you were. Oh, but. yeah. I'm Francis, joined by Julio Gallarotti. Oops, the podcast, bro. Oops, the podcast. As ever, we've got Ryan. Is hey. really polite to my right. We've got Chris <laughs> Casso. Yeah. Ryan That's is really me. polite. Chris, you make a fist. What? <laughs> <laughs> hot start. Hot start. You'll make a fist. Um, so here we are. I, uh, I'm i glad to see you, Julio. Good to see you, Francis. What's happening in your life, pal? Well, dude, I had a pretty... I'm I'm deep, deep, deep in the editing wormhole to the point where it's like, I'm in a dark place right now. I had a feeling when you called me out of the blue <laughs> just to talk. <laughs> just to be like, I need, I just need to be taken away from what I'm doing yeah. for a few minutes. <laughs> Yesterday, I was like trying to adjust all the sound stuff. By the way, it still sounds like shit. For like 10 straight hours, just staring at my computer. I'm sure that they're like Chris and Ryan both probably know things that would have saved me. Why don't you talk to them? Because I, don't, I, I, I pick my battles, dude. I'm already bugging them enough. No, you're not. You not like fair. ask me one thing. You could. I said you could call <laughs> me whenever you want. I know, but I still feel bad. But like I know that it's. it's I'd me. rather you call me and take away your pain than you just struggle. That's nice, Chris. I you appreciate know? it. Um, but it also part of it's probably just the process. Anyway. I was really excited. I exported a version yesterday. I had some issues with the fucking export. It was up all night. Anyway, was watching it this morning and ready and excited. And like when it's not done, you just can't enjoy it. So like anytime I see a mistake, I'm like, all right, this is officially not fun anymore. Oh. So anyway, this morning when I was coming over here, I was like, oh, look at the time, which doesn't usually happen to me. And <laughs> I was trying to, dude, I, I really wanted to eat something. So I quickly popped into like a, a pret. And there was a seven-person line, one person doing the register, and each checkout was taking 45 seconds to a minute, which was just crazy. And there's some guy ch- chatting <laughs> about iced tea. It seems tea. kind of fast to me. Am I wrong? Per, there's only one person working in the register. Yeah, 45 seconds to a minute for each person? For each person. Is that a long time? I think so, dude. Huh. Think about it. That's, that means seven minutes I'm waiting in line to check out. Fair enough. I have the mm-hmm. item in my hand. Seven minutes is Maybe a long Maybe it was time. even longer. And anyway, there's other people there. Just, one guy was chatting about iced tea with the, with one of the customers. Oh, yeah. This time of year, I was like... <laughs> <laughs> this time of year. I passive-aggressively put my item back in the wrong place. I'm sorry. Don't judge me. I thought about just taking it. Yeah? And if wow. someone was like, hey, you stole that, I would have been like, well, listen, I'm a loyal customer. <laughs> And I was waiting for a long time. I wanted to pay for it. I wanted to pay. Yeah. There were things in place that prevented me from executing the transaction. Therefore, I felt justified in just walking out of the restaurant. Then I was like, yeah, one day that might pop up. And they'd be like, look at Julio Gallarotti uh. stealing a $7 fucking whatever. So then I was trying to walk over here and I was on the street with all the plants. Mm-hmm. And there's so many plants that were confined to a single file line. And now I'm just walking Behind six people. I know that street. I just bolted out into the middle of traffic. Might might as well. Wasn't worth it. And now I'm walking alongside moving cars. Uh, but I did make it. Uh, and here we are. So that's, yeah. what, that's how I'm doing. Right? Yeah. Wow. What a what a journey. It's been a journey. Boy, oh boy. Well, you'll be really thrilled when the project is finished. And uh, I'm sure it'll be incredibly rewarding. And you'll finally get to enjoy the fruits of your labor. I, I appreciate it, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Um. It's funny. I'm I'm okay. You your thing made me think of something. Well, which is this. I was in San Francisco for the weekend with Little Sasquatch. And it was it's a fun city. I like San Fran. Although 
Did you hear about the San Fran debacle? I was following along on Twitter. How you can't say San Fran? How you can't say San Fran? Yeah, I guess I didn't know that. What? <laughs> what do you mean? They don't like you to say San Fran. They want you to say San Francisco when you're there. Or SF, I thought. Yeah, I guess. Or the Bay or the some city. shit. Yeah, the city. <laughs> yeah, the city. Uh, and to Harry was on stage and some he had brought this up. And he said, why do you guys get so bothered when people say San Fran? And he goes, someone in the crowd said, well, you wouldn't call your country your I mean. And I said, I thought, man, oh, man, what an extreme parallel. <laughs> it's also not a good example because the abbreviation there makes it into a swear word. Yeah, exactly. The and most San extreme Fran swear is, word. Yeah, San Fran is not offensive. We might want to bleep that word I just said. Because yeah, we don't call. really say that here. Yeah. And also, we don't want to get <laughs> shadow banned. Yeah. Okay. Just bleep it. Bleep, bleep. Uh, Who got the keys to the Jeep? Oh, yeah. um. <laughs> I'm going to keep that part, but I'll bleep <laughs> it. <laughs> but we're... Uh, anyway, so we came home, and long flight home, really long, and I uh, landed at JFK. I had to check my bag. I had to check my bag. I made a major... Um, Sophie's Choice in the San Francisco airport. Major, major. <laughs> we bring the lacrosse stick or not? We, we, got to, we got to the San Francisco airport one hour before our flight, which is, for me, the perfect amount of time. And we go through security. I fly because I have everything. Um, get through, and we, I, go, I decide, you know, the, the flight is now boarding. Just about boarding, maybe one minute from boarding. But I haven't eaten any breakfast. Mm. And so I have the option to either go to the Delta Lounge and get a bunch of food, get food for the flight. But that might mean that I would end up boarding late in the process. And I've got a roller suitcase, which means I know they're probably going to make me gate check my bag. Mm. And when did, when did this happen? Interesting. When did it happen? That when you gate check a bag, it used to be they would, when you got off the plane, they would mm. bring you that bag. It was just waiting there. Back into the sort of gangplank. Is it called the gangplank? Oh, no idea. I Just whatever the thing is the that you walk off the plane from. Yeah, you'd, you'd get it right there. The gangplank. Gangplank feels like something on a pirate ship. I the don't... gangplank. Um, but usually you, you'd, you'd get it right there and then you'd walk off and you'd go home and get your Uber and get home. Now... Anytime you gate check it, they tell you it'll be waiting for you on the carousel at baggage claim. I've still found that it's like, depends on the situation. Really? Because I agree, that's so annoying when you have to check it and then they fucking do that shit to you. If that's true, then it completely makes the point of packing with carry-ons moot. The whole purpose of shoving, of economizing when you're packing is to avoid waiting at baggage claim. But yeah, you but you screwed yourself because there's breakfast on the flight, bro. No, not really, dude. There wasn't? No. No. You weren't were you not friend first? No. Okay. First from San Fran was eleven hundred dollars more. No, I figured they you maybe got the little boost, the little bump bump. It sure oh, did. Here you go, Frankie. Dude, I don't think you get because it's Delta One. Yeah. No, you can, but it's hard. It's hard on that flight. Agreed. Cross country, L.A., San Francisco, New York. Uh, those flights I have found are much more difficult and unlikely for one to get upgraded. Get upgraded, and I, I never have. And there's also a lot of big flyers on those flights. Exactly. You know I mean? We we did upgrade on the way there, um, but on the way home it was just too expensive. So, so you hit the lounge though. You hit it hard. I went to the lounge. I ate a bunch of food. Crushing mini quiches like chicken nuggets. Just dude. throwing it back. Yeah, I was eating them like hockey pucks. <laughs> <laughs> just gut, like just down my gullet. Just full bite. Yeah, packing a chew with a mini quiche. <laughs> Throw it in my cheek for for winter. So I ate a bunch and I packed a. I, I had a, I'd made a salad plate and I had dressed it, and it it occurred to me that I really was running out of time. So I put all of that wet salad into a Starbucks to-go cup, and I walked out thinking, man, am I going to want to eat this wet, soggy salad <laughs> out of a coffee cup yeah. mid-flight? You bet I did. <laughs> nice. No problemo. <laughs> 
Um, anyway, I get on the plane. Of course, at this point, the line has really dissipated or it's, it's gone onto the plane. And of course, they made me check my bag. Yeah. Which meant I made the sacrifice to eat. That was the choice I made. I, I decided I'm going to eat. That's the winning choice, I think. And I will wait for my bag at baggage claim. I think that's the winning choice. Well, get this, though. We land. We pull in. Uh, and to JFK, it's raining. It's pouring in New York. Was and, it Sunday? Yeah, Sunday night. Were you delayed? Oh. Mm, no. Wow. Yeah, it was jumping on Sunday. Yeah, it was, it was raining hard at about 9 o'clock, 9 p.m. We've been flying all day. Uh, I go, I collect my bag from baggage claim, and I go to call an Uber, and it says it's 35 minutes away. Oh, God. That's how backed up... JFK? JFK was at 9 p.m. on a Sunday. And how much was it going to be? $180? Mm, I think it was about 85 bucks, which is a lot, but not. It, the price wasn't insane. It was just that... The Uber couldn't get to JFK because traffic was so bad. Yeah. And so I I had a funny exchange via Uber message with the driver. <laughs> His name was Max. And he, he as soon as I accepted, he accepted the fare, he goes, hey, bro, <laughs> it's going to be a long time for me to get to JFK because traffic is so bad. And it's really bad going back into Brooklyn, just letting you know. And I go, oh, thanks, man. Uh, I guess I'll just take public transportation then. I appreciate your honesty. And he goes, oh, really? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man, you talked me out of it. <laughs> and he goes, all right, I get it. Sounds good. And then I canceled that. Hilarious. I got on the air train, and I'm, and I'm messaging with Lil Sass, who's in an Uber, and how did he get? How did he get one? He was ahead of me because he didn't have to check uh, a bag. Wow. But but it still took him twenty minutes. Hmm. Still took him twenty minutes to get his Uber. And he says, "Man, we're crawling. This is a nightmare." It says it's an hour and fifteen minutes back to my apartment. And I go, "LOL, I'm on public transportation. I'm going to beat you home. Take the air train. Get off the air train at Howard Beach if you've ever done this. I you have to take the A." You have to take and you, I took the take to take the A, yeah. and I you have to pay an eight dollar and seventy five cent or eight dollar and fifty uh-huh. cent elevated fee to pay for the air train seven seventy five. It's now it's more it's in really? the eights yeah, and you have to swipe your metro card so it's a big chunk of your metro card and if you have an unlimited card that doesn't work so you need to pay for do a, they even do that anymore unlimited cards isn't uh, it automatically. I don't know. Can, whatever, sorry. No, they still do it. I think they're trying to phase it out, though. Got it, got yeah, it. so I just have a value card, and sure enough, I don't have enough value on my card. And nor does any other person that is in the line. So we're all now going up to these machines to buy value on our Metro cards so that we can get out of the air train and onto the subway. Air train not having tap is one of the biggest jokes of our public transportation yeah. system. Yeah. You have to sit there with people who like, now granted they're not from here. Like I'm sure I would struggle in another country, but seeing them be like, not know how to use the thing while you're just trying to go is so annoying. Dude. It is. And one of the th- three machines did not work. It didn't work, but it didn't say that it didn't work. <laughs> it just had, it was such that it, when you tried to shove your Metro card in to refill it, it wouldn't accept it, digest it. It wouldn't take it in. And I kept trying. And then I said, okay, well, let me try to get a new Metro card. And finally, an agent came over and said, this machine hasn't been working for weeks. <laughs> and I was like, why have you guys not put an out of order sign on this thing? They were like, I don't know. And <laughs> at this point, I don't know if you've been to this station, but you can look way up the tracks to see if the subway is coming. And they come on twenty minute intervals because mm-hmm. you're so far out like there the that they're that they're not coming frequently. And if you see that train coming, you know you have very little time, and you don't want to miss it for the next one. So now I'm frantic. There's three people deep in each line for the two remaining working machines. I go up to another agent and I said, "Hey man, I'm trying to pay. The machines aren't working. Uh, I don't want to miss this train." And he goes. 
gives me one of those. Solid. Come, solid. come with me. Come on, come on. He uses his master key. Ah, uh, nice. Swipes me in quietly and helps me bypass the whole system. And I get on the train and I'm thinking, wow, what a win. That was huge. Preferential treatment. He knows I'm a New Yorker. I mean, dude, listen, you know, this is what I should have done at for breakfast this morning. Yeah. I should have been like, I'm trying to pay. They give me the swipe. And I'm out of there. You know? It might have worked. It might have worked. It might have worked. This guy said, "You're this guy's a real one. And I'm going to I'm gonna help him on his well, way. You're the real one. So we get on the train. We're going. We get to the underground part. You know, it takes four stops before you're finally underground. And you're rolling along. And I'm thinking, man, oh, man, I'm flying. I made the right call. We get to some stop deep, deep in Brooklyn, potentially still Queens. I still have 25, 30 minutes to go before I get to my stop. And we get into the station, and we stop. Doors open. Doors do not close. I mean, we're waiting five minutes, ten minutes. They start telling us there's been an accident, an injury at Broadway Lafayette. Broadway Junction? No, Broadway Lafayette uh, in uh, the city, uh, all the way there. It's so Jesus. far away. Yeah. Uh, and, and Was the A running on the F line for the weekend? Because it does that sometimes, because it doesn't stop there normally. Yeah, it does. The A train? No, yeah, the uh, or maybe may, maybe may West Fourth Street then. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, or yeah. maybe West, West Broadway Junction. Yeah, West you're right. Yeah, it does do. West uh, anyway, so someone's injured, someone is really hurt, and they're not moving. <laughs> and we another train pulls up, <laughs> and we injured. go at- across the tracks to try to just you know have better luck on that one. We all pile onto that train, hoping that this will be different. <laughs> Same thing. Now they're waiting. Then a station operator comes out and waves us all back onto the original train. So we all fled back over there and we're thinking, oh, good. It's going to finally start moving. And then we see the train that we just got off of go ahead of us. No. And then we wait another 10 minutes. And At that a, point, people start going, oh. Dude, there was a guy on the train doing that from the moment we stopped. <laughs> he goes, this is what you pay for. <laughs> nice. this, is what, this is where your money's going. Just a, new, a disgruntled That's New Yorker right. looking at his phone. What time is it at this point? 10, 10 o'clock. At night? Into 10.30. Yeah. Dude, pouring. the Sunday night train is the worst. Yeah. Or early morning, like early morning weekend. So I, I decide, I finally throw in the towel. I give up because I asked the one of the people on the train. I said, is this going to be a lot longer? And they said, there's no, we have no idea. This is not improving. So I say, all right, fuck it. And I go and I start, I call an Uber. And I get into an elevator with three other people because it's right there to leave the subway station to go upstairs. And I asked, does anyone want to share an Uber with me? I'm heading to Dumbo. And they all said, oh, we're not heading there. Um, but I thought, man, is that is that an overstep from a civilian standpoint? To split it's in- ambitious. Yeah, it didn't work. You're also so deep, like none of those people are going to Dumbo. Probably. Exactly. But if they did have suitcases, maybe it would have been a different story. Did they, they did. They did. Oh, so maybe. But we all got off the train, and uh, they all liked the fact that I at least asked. And then people were. We started joking uh, about something, and I said, "You know, I really hope." I, I said I was glad to hear when I asked that that train was going to be there a lot longer because I hope that now that we've made the decision to take Ubers that uh, they it doesn't just immediately free up and go. Mm-hmm. I want those people to be stuck to validate my decision. <laughs> and one guy really laughed at that. Dude, I've, I've done this before. Sometimes you do need to cut your losses. Wait, you literally said that? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. He was like, I get it, man. I get it. <laughs> we had a good laugh about that. And then I uh, I took an Uber all the way home. So yeah. I, it took me probably two hours to get home, three different modes of transportation. Um, yeah. And finally I got home and it was just a nightmare. Yeah, dude. And that was, that was my Sunday night. And then I had to wake up early for work on Monday. Yeah, dude. The... I have done that too. We're like, I'm, it's like not the quite the same scenario, but I'll be like, I am taking the train to JFK. I do not want to spend a hundred dollars on an Uber. So I wake up at 4am or whatever. Like I wake up extra early. Right. And then I get on the train and I didn't quite leave early enough. Oh no. So now like during this whole process, I end up just taking an Uber anyway, even though I'm on the train. You know what I mean? What you get out somewhere? No, because it's like 4.30 in the morning. So like if you miss the E-train and now you're like you said, you're waiting 20 minutes now for the next one. But you're not on the train then. I get on initially 
And then I'm like, this isn't going to work. And you jump? You and bail? And then I jump, call in the Uber, and I take it, and I end up like saving not that much money, and it's annoying. I, but you probably saved a fair amount. Oh, I bet I did. Yeah, probably I bet saved I saved 50 bucks. 50, 55 bucks. At, oh, no. No, I didn't at all, because I took an Uber. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying, like, was the Uber less expensive? No, because it said that uh, a nicer one was one minute away, uh, and a really nice, and, and then the normal one was 10 minutes away, at which black. point I said, fuck it, and my Uber was 60 bucks. Okay, well. But there was no traffic. Well, that's good. Because I had skipped all the traffic. Yeah, all in all, you probably got back in the, in a similar amount of time. Yeah. Um. Dude, I'll, I'll say this, man. The shows in San Francisco were great. The club is great. Um, but people... Was it Cobbs? People were... Yeah, Cobbs. Have you been there? No. People were so drunk. Mm. They were so <laughs> drunk. Damn. And I think part of that is that, you know, Lil Sass and I were co-headlining, and his crowd's younger, and for the late shows, his fans were just you know <laughs> melting down <laughs> just fully melting down from how much they'd been drinking presumably for hours i that's <laughs> i i'm not i don't want to levy such a, a strong accusation and i certainly don't blame him but people were fucked up we had to kick out so many people really? in my set on the late show on saturday i think it was the late show on saturday there was a woman in the front row dead center touching the stage who had come in she was seated next to a guy she'd never met before and somehow both of them were alone and they started touching each other nice and then she was making out with him what and and sticking her tongue down his during the show yep and you're positive they met there? I was told after by That's the staff. amazing. And then she started trying to jerk him off under the table. That's awesome. At which point the staff kicked them out. Was the jerking off distracting? I didn't know that was happening. I did know that they were being insanely distracting. Because mm. she was really drunk. And when I would say something that you know she agreed with or that, that struck a chord with her... She would raise her hand and go, right here, mm. right here. It's really annoying. And I, and I, I have a, I think I'm going to have the tape of this because I, I, I have a different track now on how I deal with unruly audience members. Whereas when I was younger, I used to think you got to just go crushed soul, scorched earth, yada, yada, and try to make it funny. And now I'm I'm much more gentle. And I said, because she'd been spoken to a couple of times already. And I said, Miss, I'm sorry. You know, we got to get it under control here because (laughs) you're being really distracting. And, you know, I want you to stay. But uh, it's very hard to continue the show with you being so distracting. Could you please try? I said something like that. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. And she just couldn't. Five stop, minutes yeah. later, right back at it, and they kicked her out. Past the point of no return. But dude, to the guy's credit, when they kicked her out, he didn't leave. Nice. He stuck around for like five minutes or so, and then I think he changed his mind and was like, "I gotta go hook up with that girl." Oh, nice. And he got up and left and walked out. And like ran after her Uber or something. I've never really heard of that. Just like hook. That's more impressive than hooking up with somebody on a plane. It is yeah. randomly hooking up with somebody during a live show. Front where you can't row. Talk. Front row. <laughs> yeah, I think they were both just shit faced. But that's great, dude. So um, I love the idea that like little Sash shows up somewhere and the fucking staff throws on body armor. They're like, we're going to ward night. <laughs> yeah. So, dude, as you know, we've moved. We have a smaller kitchen now. Mm. It makes it slightly more difficult to cook. Yeah, but I bet there's probably still an easy way to cook. There sure is. What is that? Hello Fresh. Hello Fresh. Dude, especially if you are, you know, conscious of space and your capacity to store things in general. Mm-hmm. Hello Fresh is the move. Mm-hmm. Instead of having to buy an abundance of different spices and things that need to be shaved. Yeah. And HelloFresh just gives you 
the version that is ready to use. To you're, you're, you're just cutting back on so much cleanup. I hadn't even really thought of that. The amount of cutting, the fewer cutting boards you'll have to use, the different, you know, not having to measure certain things out. Right. Uh, it, it really makes it a lot less of a headache to cook for yourself. Totally. Like HelloFresh is like your own personal line cook. Mm. They've done many of the steps before and all you need to do is just put the things together. Hell yeah. And you still get to say you cooked. Because yeah. you did. And it's really amazing the way that I will be preparing foods that I have never made before at all. And not just dishes, foods also. Right. I need to cook rice. Mm. Never done that. <laughs> but HelloFresh really presents it in a way that makes it easy to do all this stuff. And even a person like me who doesn't know how to do much uh, is able to find his way around the kitchen and make That's some delicious great. food. So right now, guys, really recommend you checking out HelloFresh if you are a similar in a similar boat to me. Uh, just go to HelloFresh dot com slash oops 16 and use code oops 16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping that's oops oops one six uh for 16 free meals plus free shipping but the shows were great uh we had a packed houses fucking awesome we went and got oysters on friday uh afternoon and uh had a really nice time so um shout out to Cobbs in san francisco um do you have a routine like a road daytime routine yeah kind of it's changed but these days my major goal is to eat at a really good restaurant while i'm in the city i'm in so you'll do that for lunch yeah lunch or early early dinner i'll go at about five o'clock maybe so you'll go and then you'll go straight to the show yeah okay and is that the more common scenario than lunch followed by a gap of some sort where you're doing who it, it kind of depends um i won't necessarily go right from the meal to the show but uh you know i do I, I guess a late lunch something to carry me over so that i don't end up eating chicken fingers in the green room you know yeah yeah totally totally i feel you um okay and then what about the rest of the day what are you doing i try to work out when like before usually like in the early afternoon okay something like that do you sleep in i mean i can't so what time do you usually wake up eight and what are you doing from eight till noon i'm going to get coffee reading my book uh walking around do you read the book in your room yeah okay or yeah that's typically what i do i'm sorry for the interrogation I'm no just no curious I, about yeah I've, 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 as I've developed my routine, I, it's interesting to hear how other people do theirs if they have one. Because I actually, for a person who's not a routine person in general, I very much have a routine on the road. Oh, that's interesting. What yeah. do you do? I mean, I sort of wake up when I wake up. Hopefully, I'm not hungover. Um, if I'm not hungover, it really changes the day. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like in a way where I there's always like sacred rest time before we head to the venue. I like to get there a little early where like I want to be in my hotel room for a couple hours just like doing nothing. Yeah. Now, if I'm a little hungover, that is sleep time or try to sleep time and probably don't end up sleeping time. But it's the only time in my entire life where I put my phone down and will not look at it at all. Wow. Good because for you. the anxiety of feeling like I wasn't prepared for my show is not something that I can handle. So mm-hmm. I make sure that I show up to the venue feeling like I can give it my best shot, my best yeah. shot. Yeah. Um, and I'll usually end up doing if I, if I didn't drink at all the night before and I feel really good and energetic, I'm not too tired. I'll go out and walk around, explore or whatever, go to, I'll always hit a lunch and then, uh, nap time and it's like a late lunch so like dinner is sort of like I try to figure out but if I end up missing it it's okay yeah 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 that's my shit that's nice we we uh we woke up went to get lunch and then we walked about four miles oh nice, nice. we walked from I guess I don't know what you'd call it uh the not the mission but Telegraph Hill or something like that mm-hmm. all the way over to to the base of the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, wow. Um, I got to tell you, man, San Francisco is an unbelievable city. I agree. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, what other city in America has such awe-inspiring sights? Yeah. To be walking along the water 
in San Francisco and see the sun dropping directly on Alcatraz. <laughs> what an incredible sight <laughs> cool. that famous prison is with all of its mystique and I don't know. Have how... you ever gone to it? Yeah. It's cool, right? One of the best tourist visits I've ever th- done in my life. Oh, I enjoyed it, it too. It blows every other tourist thing I've ever done. Well, except for the Great Wall of China. Uh, probably blows everything else out of the water. The audio guided tour. The audio guided tour is the sickest thing ever. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. And <laughs> it's awesome. We had talked about wanting to do that, but people told us that it was probably sold out, so we didn't even inquire. Mm-hmm. Um, but we walked from there, and then the Golden Gate is just so majestic. It's gorgeous. And everything about that area is is pretty cool. You know, their homeless situation is pretty bad. Um, I think it's the worst I've seen. Worse than like the other Pacific Northwest places? Yeah. I've the, heard the, it's the, bad. The density of it, uh, the this sort of sheer volume of homeless people is is very sad. Yeah. Um, and it just doesn't seem like a problem that's going to be solved anytime soon. I, I don't really know what they're doing. Yeah, I know people from there who like they may first of all obviously nothing's in their car, but they will also put a sign on the car saying that there's nothing in the car wow. because of really? how common it is, yeah, for Whoa. people to just bust your window and yeah. look for shit. That's um, not pretty crazy. Great. Pretty crazy. So, anyway, we had a nice time out there. Um but you know, I got home man and I, I was just sort of wrecked from a time change. Mm. eating crap food flying 12 hours in in two and a half days whatever it was and just all this travel and all this performance and i've had a hard time finding my ground again Mm. that flight sucks too because no matter what you do you're you're fucked yeah the red eyes life alteringly terrible the daytime flight sucks too and you had like a long travel day it's tough dude have you been? You haven't been on the road as much lately. Do you think that's why this feels? I feel like I have been. Really? Yeah, I think wasn't I in Dallas just before that? Well, a few weeks ago, right? Maybe. And I then have... before that, you had a ton of shit. I feel like. I don't know. Yeah, Sorry. it's I... it's all been a lot, yeah. and we're coming towards the very end of this really robust travel schedule. But I don't know. In some ways, I feel numb to it now. You know, once you get into the thick of it, it stops bothering you. But I also, when I get home, sometimes I start to wonder, what am I doing this for? <laughs> what am I doing this for? Uh, money, love of the game, satisfaction. I don't know. Taking on a big task and, and completing it to some degree. I don't know how much I love the game. Mm. I can't tell how much I love the game anymore. I don't, I don't know want, about I, I, you're you're still recovering from the long weekend. I, I I'll talk to you in a couple of days and see how you feel. About yeah, it. I know, I know, but I have been having a little bit of a a crisis of faith in my own mission lately, and um, I just I don't know. I feel a little bit. Let me let me say this. You know, I I struggle a little bit with the fact that I. I just feel like I'm working endlessly and relentlessly and it doesn't feel as rewarding to me anymore. And I ask myself, well, how can you, how can you be at peace with this? And I do find peace by reverting to a more outdated mindset. I find that there is solace in a return to caveman thinking, which is to say... This is the way you got to be a man. Be a man. (laughs) Go out and find meat and support your family. Oh, the support the family thing. And shut up. Stop whining. You know, find a bolster your backbone, find your spine, put one foot in front of the other and keep moving. And that's the best that I've come up with. That's your thing this year. This has been your, your motivation this year. Just be a caveman? No, not be a caveman, but just, you know, go provide. Go, you know, there's like uh, a theme that I've heard from you a few times. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, whatever, dude. Whatever fucking makes it 
tolerable. Well, what's making it tolerable for you? Because I don't know how long that that Band-Aid is going to hold. Well, it's funny. I mean, it's amazing. Like, I was talking about my Afghanistan stuff with people yesterday, and I heard some of the stupidest... I got some of the stupidest feedback about about it that and it, not even about the piece itself, just about the idea of it. I got a piece of feedback that was so stupid that I'm having trouble not being annoyed at the person who gave it to me. Uh, and I'm used and I'm used to this. I'm used to this kind of thing. Like and, and you even hear stories about it from everybody in the industry, which makes which gives me comfort. Being like, you'll see the best show that's ever been made. And they'll be like, yeah, some executive passed on this here. Like, every person on earth passed on it. And this is now the greatest show of all time. Yeah. So it doesn't, it's not so specific to like, and who knows, maybe the executive watched it and was like, this was the best show of all time. We're just not buying this kind of show right now. It's kind of not up to me. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It must come down to that. Because the people who have these jobs, they're not that stupid you know what i mean and i get that they're not creative and they're not supposed to be but that's a healthy balance you know what i mean so anyway so that kind of stuff will get under my skin sometimes um wait i don't understand someone said to you they said something about like the viability of they 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 had a if i were if i were to say specifically what it was it will the person who said it to me will immediately know because no one else would ever say something like this oh i also suspect I have suspicions as to how that feedback came to exist as well, and that annoys me even more. But I'm making too. I'm, I'm speculating too much. I'm speculating too much. <laughs> I'm the speculating. provenance of an opinion. Too much speculation. No, dude. If somebody watched it and was like, "That part's boring," that's not even the type of shit I'm talking about. That's fine. Like that kind of stuff's healthy and good, and you need to hear that. But this was about. Whatever. I, I don't want to get into, into more details. Yeah, yeah. But, so that okay. kind of shit will really bother me. And then eventually it just sort of like fades away. Cerebral is a 100% online mental health service that offers therapy and medication management for anxiety, depression, insomnia, stress, burnout, and more. Yeah, guys, it's one of the few services that provides medication management online through a licensed provider if clinically indicated. Uh, it's 100% online, so you take a brief questionnaire and get matched to a care team based off your needs and preferences. Through the Cerebral app, you can schedule your sessions, get your questions answered, and access additional mental health resources. It's an incredible online resource that makes it so that you don't have to find, you know, uh, uh, go for a long subway ride to find a psychologist or a psychiatrist to prescribe you medication. Uh, and connect with your therapist on your own schedule through your laptop or the Cerebral mobile app. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you. You don't have to wait weeks to be seen. 80% of the members see a provider within five days. You can do your sessions on a laptop or a phone, so you can always find an area at home where you're most comfortable. And uh, lastly, 50% of Cerebral clinicians self-identify as people of color. It's a wonderful fact. It's important to Cerebral to have the diversity so everyone can get the treatment they deserve. Uh, and for Mental Health Awareness Month this May, you can get an exclusive 50% off of your first month of therapy by going to Cerebral.com slash oops. That's Cerebral.com slash oops for 50% off, uh, 50% or more off your first month of therapy for quality mental health care that's accessible and affordable. Join Cerebral today. Uh, that is C-E-R-E-B-R-A-L dot com slash oops. So this kind of stuff, as far as like being on the road and stuff, I kind of like it, dude. I, I don't know. It doesn't really wear me down. Like I get worn down by being home. When I'm on the road, I feel very light. I feel very like my, the, the weight of my life is, is not there because I'm not in my life. I'm, uh-huh. I'm elsewhere, you know? Yeah. So to me, it, it doesn't feel as tiresome. And, you know, like you've been on the road f- more significantly for more, more years than I have. So maybe I haven't reached the breaking point yet and you have or something, but... Uh, I am still fine with it. I love, I love making some cash. I love seeing all the people who came to, to, to see the show and are excited about it. It's so special to me. I, I really enjoy it. So, and I know you feel that way too. I do. I, I love the people. That's the best part of it. It's very rewarding to meet you people. Another person <laughs> brought me a pie. You people. It's now a thing. That's really nice. Woo! 
The last three weekends <laughs> I've been on the road, I've received pies. Seared in the check bag. And by the way, they're bringing me little pies, which I like. I just oh, want nice. a little one because you know something? As soon as I have a bite of those pies, I'm not stopping. Yeah. <laughs> I have eaten the full pie every single time. And they're, they're good size. I mean, they're the size of a small Frisbee. And I ate the whole pie. That's pretty good. And it was dude. really good. Strawberry rhubarb. Uh, shout out to, shout the, out to the dog. Incredible couple that brought me a pie. Uh, the guy's name was Sunny. And um, fuck, I'm so sorry that I'm forgetting the young lady's name, but she was so lovely. Oh, uh, Morgana, I think was her name. Yeah. Sunny and Morgana. Sunny and Morgana. Um, thank you both for the incredible strawberry rhubarb pie. I ate the whole thing. I almost sent. I almost took a picture of the shattered remains of the crust and sent it to them to let them know I'd, your face. I'd fully demolished that pie. Um, and I do, I do love that. I do love meeting the people um, without a doubt. But I don't know. Yeah. We'll yeah, see. We'll yeah. see. I think I need new jokes, man. Yeah. That's always the thing that excites me the most. I've been doing it so much lately that the act has gotten a little autopilot-y. Mm. And I, I'm not. I, I'm. I know it's so cold that I'm not really deviating that much from the script. Interesting. There were two shows that I did where I almost think, to a word, the set was ninety five percent the same. Oh wow! To a word. Well, dude, I I have some fun suggestions to shake that up if you Please. are interested. Yeah. One thing that I do sometimes which keep which tends to somehow keep it fresh for me. First of all, I'll just like check in with the set the day of while I'm having my little alone time, which like turns into its own writing session somehow. Yeah. So that's helpful for me. Um, cause it takes like 20 minutes and then I'm like, all right, this is how I'm going to do it tonight. And inevitably I'm like, Ooh, that would be fun. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just by the act of doing it, even though I didn't intend to. Cool. And the second thing I'll do is sometimes I'll just like workshop jokes, uh, like with whoever my opener is. Oh yeah. And t- you know, I usually bring somebody, but I mean, you're on the road with SAS or whatever. So like, you know, if you're like, I can't get this over the finish line, what do you think? That really, uh, puts life into my set because like you said if i'm not thinking of new stuff it really does become autopilot for me too and like unfortunately when i get to that autopilot stage it just doesn't it just isn't good yeah right it isn't as good right for, for some reason i just said sometimes i watch people kill with the same set i'm like how do you even do that like i can't mm. i literally can't even do it for some reason i think it's a you know i think of some of the incredible joke writers uh, the Sam Marills and Mark Normans, and I would guess that they are truly repetition. Rep, repetition, they they benefit from repetition. Yeah, but Each, they also they like fine tune a lot, without a doubt, and they're prolific in their joke writing. But I think that they just hammer reps on a mm. joke until they have it ironclad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. Um, well, I'm glad that you've sort of. Uh, shifted my mindset a little bit from being a little I'm, i was I, f- I feel a little flat mm. feel a little flat and i'm i feel like i'm coming back a little bit from that which is nice well, it's all right dude listen you know that's the other thing we talk about this before but you know you have to accept the fact that you just had a very intense work weekend you know what i mean the way mm. that like a person with a more conventional schedule might have a crazy week. And then on the weekend, they're like dead. Mm-hmm. You're, this is still, you're, it's Tuesday right now. Right. Right. Well, whatever. What day is it? Thursday, what, whatever day it is. It's only been a couple days. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like you need, you need the time. <laughs> We're recording this on a Tuesday. Right? Isn't it Wednesday? No, it's, it's Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh, fuck. But it's coming out on a Thursday. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, by it's now, on a Thursday. by now, Francis. Yeah, it could be any day. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Exactly. Um, but yeah, dude, like it's all right. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. settle back in. Uh, so dude, the, I had a funny like homeless guy encounter yesterday oh good that i think is going to be good for the show so here we go (laughs) so i'm i actually there aren't a ton of sort of there aren't a ton of bogeys walking around my neighborhood they say that it is one of the more policed neighborhoods in the city i don't know if there's an actual correlation there but i have noticed there are not a ton of vagrants Mm -hmm. uh roaming around causing trouble or not causing trouble there's no i don't see many of those kind of people anyway I'm walking, I'm going into like a smoke shop last night to buy a a seltzer uh, while I was in the middle of the night editing. 
And there's a guy walking in front of me. He's kind of stammering. I'm like, oh, well, all right. Here we go. And I was like, I'm not going to pass him. Bogey alert. <laughs> yeah, bogey alert, 1230, yeah. 12 o'clock. Uh-huh. Uh, you're giving half hour increments on no, your no, no, bogey no. scale? I'm saying like like if you're flying no, in the... No, I know. Oh. 12.30? Oh, they have 12.30s. It's very specific. You're right. We'll call it one. <laughs> we'll call it one. You're right. I don't think they're doing 12.30 in the sky. On your compass clock, yeah. Uh, one, bogey, one o'clock. I decide I'm not going to pass him because the store that I'm going into is on the horizon. So I'm like, I'll slow down a bit and uh, he'll walk by and then we'll, I'll go into the store. And it, we're only, you know, 10 yards away from the store. Unfortunately, he walks into the store. Oh. So I'm like, all right, well, whatever. All good. I walk in behind him. He turns around startled. He's like, <laughs> and I'm like, so you're, that's, that's a fair reaction. I'm, I'm directly behind you. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> How close did you walk in behind him into the store? I think, I think I didn't want him to hold the door for me. So it was almost weird because if I had been right behind him, I would have caught the door. But since I didn't catch the door and went after, it, was, it made it weirder. Oh, the door closed behind him and then immediately reopened Maybe. with you. And then he heard me and turned around. Oh. Yeah. And he looks at me. He goes, you have a cigarette? Uh, and I go, no. So he goes, can you get me something? And I was like, maybe. I was like, it depends what you want. <laughs> 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 Which I like. Dude, I like this. I like the idea that I'm talking to this guy in a reasonable way. If I'm too like, oh, that's like as rude as just completely ignoring him in my opinion okay all right so i'm like i'm taking this guy straight on he goes well are you buying cigarettes i was like no he goes well, will you buy me a pack i was like dude no shot they're like 20 bucks i was like you gotta find something less expensive and I'm, i'll buy it for you wow he goes nice. all right. he goes all right this is like talking to a child so so we go up to the register together i have my i know i have my seltzer <laughs> seriously all right pick one toy yeah right? yeah uh so he's looking around he's he's panicking now he goes all right, buy me a joint. I go, okay. I go, do you they guys... They had joints? I don't know. I asked the guy. I was like, do you guys sell joints? He goes, no, dude. I'm like, they don't sell joints, dude. It's <laughs> like, you got to pick something else. <laughs> and he starts going, oh, fuck. He's like, he realizes that the clock is ticking. You know, well, By not... the way, I've been this guy, too. <laughs> Which guy? Not knowing what I want and oh, having I to fucking pick something. <laughs> ah, ah! I know, I know. <laughs> Give me a Sobe drink. He goes, what about Black and Milds? Black and Milds? I was like, oh, that's a good call. I was like, you guys are individually wrapped Black and Milds or the pack? He goes, we have neither. And I'm like, dude. What is this a smoke shop? What do they yeah. sell here? I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, they were out of black miles. I don't know. And the guy behind the register, the guy behind the register sees what's happening. And he goes, what about this? Holds up a cigar. Ooh. And the guy goes, and I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem, bro. He grabs a cigar. He walks out. The guy at the counter, I'm like, how much is that cigar? He goes, don't worry about it, dude. And I was like, really? Oh, that's nice. He's like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. And I was like, wow, that was really, that's really nice, dude. That was really, that's really nice. I felt really good about that whole thing. Yeah. I was like, we all were being fair. Yeah. We were, we were both annoyed at this guy as we should have been, <laughs> uh-huh. but we weren't like pieces of shit about it either. We're like, all right, dude, you're, this is annoying, bro. Pick mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I'd imagine in some degree, it. you guys handled that situation the way that Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen used to handle Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Sort of a, a triangle offense of handlers. <laughs> like when he didn't show up to practice for a week yeah. type thing. You know, you, you know you're going to get through it. You're going to treat him with respect. You need him, but, uh, you know, you, you, there's a bigger thing at play here. <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed. I am drinking a hangobi right here. Yeah, you lucky dog. You didn't bring me one? I didn't bring you one because there's only two left. Ah. And I just ordered more this morning. Yeah. Uh, so this one's mine, Palaroo. Must be nice. Uh, Must be nice. It's delicious. I put in a big order for some wakes because I've been crushing the column lately, but we got to get the wake back into the rotation. Yeah, get the wake going. Because it's delicious. And dude, for that early morning European clay court season tennis, Ah. waking up with a wake, getting the ice (laughs) in the glass, pouring the hangobi over the ice, sitting there and enjoying the morning sunlight as I watch my favorite players. That is a tennis grunt that I'm Uh executing, uh, Uh leaning toward a clay court style. The hangobi, delicious, versatile, good to mix uh, with alcohol, and also good just to make you feel better about yourself. What a delicious drink. What a delicious beverage. And Chris said it best. I'm seeing them all over town. Yeah. If you walk into a nice deli, you're going to see hangobies in there, pal. In the open section, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, where they put the nice products. (laughs) 
it's a top shelf uh, item. You know, it's a top shelf item. The bodegas know what they're doing. You mm-hmm. got to look around, a little market action, and you'll say to yourself, uh, "Wow, look at all the hangobies up there! I want one. This is delicious." Right, not too far away from the carefully assembled fruit cup that uh, is in a plastic container. Yeah. One slice of kiwi. Yeah. One slice of orange, a couple of grapes. They skimp on the kiwi. They skimp a bit on the kiwi, and then they put a lot of cheap berries on the bottom. Yeah, but you know what doesn't skimp is hangobi. That's with right. It's absolute commitment to deliciousness. Hangobi's the best. Uh, it's been really wonderful to watch our little brand grow and become not so little of a brand. Yeah, yeah. Quite a big brand. All grows up, all grows up. Big old brand. We love hangobi. We think you will, too. Go to hangobi.com. That's H-A-N-G-O-B-I.com. To order your first case, uh, follow their socials, check out what they're up to. It's really delicious. And right now you can go to uh, hangobi.com and use promo code OOPSIMHUNG, 30% off your order. Uh, get a case in there. People will be impressed. Ooh, you have hangobies? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Hangobi.com, 30% off. Uh, mm-hmm. Go enjoy yourself, guys. <laughs> Dude, I find it shocking <laughs> that they keep making new documentaries about Dennis Rodman in North Korea. There's a Do new they? there's a new one. There's already two. Which is just such an interesting thing to yeah, me. Yeah, that is interesting. And I'll tell you what, a lot of the times when I've watched documentaries about the same thing, I'm shocked at how different they are. For example, Woodstock HBO documentary versus the Netflix documentary. I couldn't watch the second one, the HBO one. Really? You didn't or like maybe it? Maybe I watched the I watched the first one, which I, maybe was the HBO one. And then I tried watching the other one, and I said, I already know this story. I just watched this. Dude, but if, if you really gave it a chance, there are things about it that are really that each have superior. Like, sure, but I couldn't watch the two Fire Festival documentaries. I, I just feel like I, I don't know. Well, hear me out, dude. Like in the, in the Woodstock one, one of them kind of blames it on society, and the other just straight up blames it on the event organizers. Mm-hmm. And seeing those two things is very interesting. And it's also interesting to watch the one that's like, it was an angsty time. And and be like, wow, yeah. And then watch the one that's like, oh, the event organizers. And you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're, not, we're blaming this on angst. Right. What, what, you know what I mean? Right. Which is an interesting exercise. Also, in one of them, I think it was the HBO one, they really capture the weight of how insane some of these like moments in the concerts were better than the other one. Mm. Like they show corn doing, they show corn being like, are you ready? And the other one, it shows somebody paraphrasing corn saying, are you ready? And I'm uh, like, Oh dude, that's way shittier than the way they did it in the other one. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm like, Oh, yeah. that's so interesting. Yeah. So, the point being, I'll probably watch the Dennis Rodman, the third Dennis Rodman in North Korea documentary yeah. and be like, well, that was sick. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, interesting. I, I always think that I've, I've become aware that documentary filmmakers typically, based on their research, the fact that they've chosen to cover a certain subject, they've already got some degree of their mind made up. Right. And the film takes the shape of a proof to some degree where they are it's it's like a, a an essay, a persuasive essay where they are saying, well, this is my conceit. This is my belief for what happened here. And I'm going to show and edit this in such a way as to back that belief. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of documentaries follow that. Right. And I only really became aware of that lately. Mm-hmm. Where I, I think I watched some documentary. I can't remember exactly what it was, and I walked away from it thinking, "Boy, oh boy, that did not feel like a an impartial review of, oh, of that event." Interesting. Yeah, like a good one will show you all of the information that you need to make up your own mind. Yeah, you know what I mean, and yeah. and will be fair about it. Dude, uh, but that's challenging. I, I I'm reading the Harry Truman doc uh bi- biography I told you I was reading that. He did, yeah. And it is insane what he had to deal with in the first month and a half, two months of his presidency. Yeah, seriously. Which he took over because FDR died. Mm-hmm. He was FDR's VP um in his fourth term and he takes the office totally shocked steps into the role and then within two months has to make the decision to drop the nuclear bomb on Japan. 
Right, crazy. And it it reads in this biography. I don't know if you know the story, but he first of all, every single person. There's so much debate in history about whether or not we actually needed to drop the bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether Japan had already lost the war, whether they might have been willing to surrender, whether we should have brought troops to mainland Japan and attacked over over the land. Because uh, at Potsdam, Stalin, Truman, and Churchill had made the agreement that Russia was going to join the war against Japan. And with their forces, we might have gotten Japan to surrender. Mm-hmm. But they had been so unyielding in their way of fighting, which was to say that even in all the island warfare in the Pacific, uh, guys, American soldiers would be would would have you know overtaken trenches, and the Japanese soldiers wouldn't just like put their hands up and let them take them out of the trenches. Right, they would right. wait till the American soldier was standing over them and shoot them, and then get you know crushed. Um, but it, it's so clear, at least from McCullough's telling of this, that uh, we had no choice. That it, there was no choice. That it was completely decided. That there, you know, all as Churchill put it, there was no decision to be made. You had to do it. You had to drop the nuclear bomb, um, and they dropped it on Hiroshima. And then the bomb that was dropped on Nagasaki. Did you know this? First of all, the bomber missed his target by two miles. Damn. Which meant that 80,000 people were killed instead of hundreds of thousands. Didn't the bomb have like a silly name? Yeah, it was Little Little Boy boy and and Fat Boy or something like that. Fat Man and Little Boy. And which I think, by the way, are the names of the two stages at Joe Rogan's comedy Mothership. Oh, wow. That's fun. Fat Man, Little Boy. Yeah. That's a fun... That's a fun thing. Yeah. Um, I know. <laughs> That's a good... No, it is. It's good. And um, anyway, last last piece of this history. Uh, that the that the other... That the second bomb that was dropped in Nagasaki, Truman was not asked for specific sign-off for that one to be dropped. Really? Oh, wow. They just did it? He kind of glosses over it, but it doesn't sound like he was totally aware that they were going to drop another bomb mm. but i'm not so sure about that that felt like a, a omission in the tale crazy um anyway so instantly japan surrendered and that was the end of the war crazy bro yeah dude that sounds like a really good one uh hill dogs i, I believe hill dog's father told me about this th- this uh biography and said it was really really good i'm i'm flying through it yeah it's a thousand pages. I'm already 500 pages in, and I really look forward to reading it. Sick. So, highly recommend it. The um, David McCullough biography of Harry S. Truman. If you like history. Let's hit a little email here. Yeah, a little mm. emailio. Okay. Oh, email ski. Um, this is a good one, and let's see if we can help this guy out. Can I say one more thing before you read this email? Sure. Here's something that I noticed this weekend that is a, what I would consider to be a distinctly male thing. We like to throw the word little in front of everything. Little. You we'll think have it's a little dis- beer? Uh, we'll have a little, uh, uh, a little of that. <laughs> have a little bit of that. A little of this. A little of that. That's watch it. watch for it. You're going to start yeah. hearing it left and right. That, because Hillary says it a lot too. But she says it in a different way. She says uh-huh. it in like a playful, silly, like jokingly ripping on me way. Like uh-huh. I, I wear, you know, that like big hat that I have that's sort of like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a safari hat almost. I wear it sometimes. Yeah, I, think I wear so. that hat every single time that I edit. And I usually don't have a shirt on either. And she'll come home and be like, oh, you have your little hat on. You know what I mean? Like something like that. But, yeah. but oh, have a little beer? Yeah. Should the boys have a little yeah. little surf and turf? That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. Cocker Spaniel? <laughs> a little Cocker Spaniel? A little Negronski? <laughs> now you know why maybe rappers name themselves Lil. You know, I they guess. just want to be little rappers. I rappers. guess. Rap their little rappy raps. Well, that little ASAP <laughs> Rocky. Well done, Chris. Well done. Um, all right. Little email here. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. 
After breakup abroad, stay in Paris or move back to Amsterdam. Shout out to the International Oops crew. Uh, listen, if any of you guys want us to come perform, if you can figure out a way to make it work for us, we'll come. We'll be I there. I specifically will. We'll be there. I think Francis probably would too. <laughs> uh, hello, gentlemen. Huge fan of the pod. If you're ever in Paris, got a beautiful pink bed couch waiting for you. Thanks, wow. pal. Thank you. Last October, I moved. Last October. Did you hear me say October? October. In October, (laughs) I moved from Amsterdam. All right. Last October, I moved from Amsterdam to Paris. By that time, I had been dating my parentheses French girlfriend for two years. And uh, and one of us had to take the step to further our relationship. Mm. We've been living together in Paris for the last few months, up until two weeks ago when suddenly my girlfriend broke up with me. Oof. Uh, there were no clear signs that this was coming. She just fell out of love, and that was that. Cold. Damn, very bro, French. This guy's so pragmatic. Very French of her. Very stoic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very French of her. And this guy's, whatever he's from, I'm impressed by this. All right, there were no clear signs, blah, blah, blah. I said goodbye to my friends and family a few months ago. Say goodbye to a city I love, all to build something together with someone who does not want to be with me anymore. Mm. Jesus, dude. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. I enjoy the challenge. So much for being pragmatic. I know. No, I said that. He's, I know, but I'm saying uh, the heartbreak was one sentence away. I know, I know, I know. Um, I enjoy the challenge of finding my place in Paris and enjoy learning a new language, but I'm not sure whether overcoming or crushing heartbreak in an unfamiliar city is the best way forward. On one hand, I could really use a, quote, win now and becoming fluent in French and making new friends in a city could be what I need at this point in my life. But on the other hand, I have a new, uh, I had a burnout early last year, moved to a new country and got broken up with all in a very short period of time. And maybe I should take the easy route for a little while, meaning moving back to Amsterdam. How do I know if I'm setting myself up for failure by staying in France or that it is time to accept the situation for what it is and return to my, quote, comfort zone? Uh, that is in the Netherlands. Uh, would love to know what you guys would do in my situation. Uh, yeah. Look, this is tricky. I think I got it. Go for tell it. Me what you, tell me what you think. I think you stay in Paris. But, dude, Amsterdam's close. If, like, maybe go home, be with your family more often or something. But, like, stay in Paris. I like this idea. I like this trying to crack the new city open thing. It could be fun. You could stick with it for a while. And if you have to move, you move. But I think it's only been two weeks. Give it a couple months. Yeah. Um, I, w- I would agree. Stay. Uh, because I think that going back, it's hard for him not to feel as though he's retreating. Yeah. I think that it is a, a, a marked defeat uh, to gather his belongings and slump home like a hobo with everything he owns tied around a red handkerchief at the end of a stick, um, you know, sort of shuffling his feet back to Amsterdam. Yeah. Uh, if he is to remain in Paris, learn the language, become familiar and comfortable with the city and sort of gently overcome this heartbreak, this breakup, he'll feel very empowered and invincible and resilient. Whereas if he goes home, the city of Paris, and I think the French people at large, will stand as a reminder of his, you know, heartbreak and his defeat and his sadness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so try for a little bit. Give yourself, I don't know, six months, a year in Paris. And if at the end of that time you're still miserable, then you've proven that it's not just the breakup that's making you unhappy there and that maybe you should go home and and surround yourself with people you love. Totally. And also the thing about like being alone during this period of time, it'll probably expedite the breakups sort of residual damage because when you have all your family and friends and comfort and this and things to fall back on, it's easy to just like never confront it. Mm. Now you're alone. Just fucking wander around Paris, dude. Go find some new French girl with a little attitude, you know? Mm-hmm. Hey, what's up? You yeah, know, get in yeah. there, pal. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do your thing. This guy sounds like a great guy. I uh, wish him the best. Love it. Bon chance. Bon chance. Say. Um, that is Oops the Podcast. We have some facts with Ryan. Facts with Ryan. Were they flying? Facts with Ryan. What do you got for us today, Ryan? PBB. Passenger Boarding Bridge. 
Uh, jet bridge, the tarmac, or the apron is what you can call the jet bridge. apron. I that area. The jet bridge, yeah. By the end of 2023, Metro card machines will be completely phased out. Good. Wow. Good riddance. Sobe is owned by Pepsi Cola. What, did we talk about Sobe? I brought it up briefly. What, what did we say? Those were the that? drinks that I used to like when we were in, uh, you know, going into <sighs> I forgot about convenience that. stores. The green tea? Uh, yeah, I like the white one. Yeah, yeah. It's like a milkshake. Delicious. Mm-hmm. And then this one's a little bit of a throwback. I think we did this like over a year ago, but you mentioned eating a hockey puck. And <laughs> I remember looking this Reddit post up. Uh, this is a classic. Would it mess me up if I ate a hockey puck? Someone responds, short answer, yes. I have found a high correlation between puck consumption and terrible, terrible diarrhea and stomach pains. I've made multiple attempts by eating a small sliver a day for various periods of time until I was <laughs> unable to stand it anymore. The longest was about two was about a two-week duration. The shortest was two days. Diarrhea and stomach pains every time. I have noticed a statistically significant increase in goaltending ability. That's funny. <laughs> and then he includes a picture. Uh, I'll show you guys, and we'll insert it. But he really is non Nibbling away at that hockey puck. Yeah. It's not That's gonna go great. Well that so, guy. Love to see yeah. it. Julio, have you got any live comedy that people can go see you perform? I do, I do. Um, I'm going to be in Stress Factory, New Jersey, May 17th. Uh, Laugh Boston, May 25th. I think that one's going to sell out. I would, I would try to get those if you can. And then in June, a little Southern Swing. I'm going to be in Raleigh, Nashville, and Atlanta all in the middle of June. Uh, come see me there. And then on to Texas and a bunch of other cities coming down the pipe too. So come see me, not Julio.com. That's awesome, dude. Uh, I'm trying to think here. We have uh, Lil Sass and I are at Charlestown Races, the Hollywood Casino in West Virginia, Friday, May 12th. That is tomorrow. Um, and it would be awesome for you guys to come. We're going to be playing blackjack and hanging out after. Tickets for that are available at FrancisEllis.com. After that, I will be in Spokane and Tacoma, Seattle. Um, that's going to be July 19th and 20th, I believe. Just one night only at each spot. Um, a little midsummer fun. Uh, tickets also at FrancisEllis.com. And then the fall kicks off, which is going to be the big cities. Boston and uh washington dc so all those tickets are available at francisellis.com that's in the fall and uh really looking forward to it thanks guys